each generation demands a unique expression of the church yeah and that cannot be more accurate and bishop morgan has been saying this and so we have grown up with that um in that dna where we really believe this that each generation demands it right now we are looking at the, the reality that church is in the metaverse there need to be a go for god church in the vr space yeah in that virtual space because that's where our generation is heading we cannot sit here and think that the pulpit and the pews in a building is really going to be it for our young people welcome to the what next podcast hosted by sean reed where we pay it forward through conversations each week we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you Charlie, thank you very much for me. It's my pleasure. So the very first thing I usually ask people, just because I want to find out how they're doing, is how is your mental health today? Mental health? Yeah. Ooh. Um, you know, I think good. Mm-hmm. I think good. I think I, um, I've learned to manage my mind in a very big way. One of the things that I pray for is a sound mind. Um, ever since I've taken on this position because I deal with so much, um, especially a lot of what is on people's minds. Yeah. So I literally pray for a sound mind every day, um, which I feel helps me to keep things clear, um, especially be- also because I have to manage my emotions Right. Um, I deal with a lot of people who are crying, a lot of people who have tragic things going on. And I'm not the person that needs to cry in front of them. So, yeah, I've had to really, really get myself into a space where I manage my mind (laughs) and mental. But that's so interesting. So what I've noticed is that persons who are better at consoling people are people who are extremely... um, emotionally intelligent mm. but then what usually happens is that because they're so tapped in emotionally they get bogged down as well mm. and they're, they're unable to step out of it so is it is it difficult to to console to support but not get bogged down it's not difficult because i have my source again i offload okay. <laughs> i offload i must say i i'm not one to carry um, so I have, I have my support, um, and a lot of what I deal with. So as pastor, I tell everybody what they're coming to me with is confidential, except with my senior pastor, your senior pastor, because mm-hmm. whoever I'm pastoring is pastored by my senior pastor. Um, but then we have, we have a group of pastors, which is super healthy so that we're not carrying it alone. Um, so one, I have them and two, I kind of offload one of my favorite times of the day is nighttime when I'm going to my bed because I have pillow talk with God. It's a pillow talk with God. Like just I'm single. (laughs) So I've met my nighttime is very exciting. (laughs) Um, and I, I literally do that. I have my pillow talk with God and I go through with anything that's on my mind my emotions anything that's bothering me sean i have to carry it to god um and i have great times i cry i laugh you know i'll sit up sometimes based on what he's said back to me because it's conversation so sometimes i'm not even talking sometimes i just go there laying down 
and it's pillow time talk, you yeah. know, and because it's that time and it's sanctified as that time, God shows up just as much as he shows up in my devotion yeah. where I'm getting up now and going on my knees and devoting time to him. But my pillow talk time is important for my mental. So therefore you believe it's important for everybody to have that time, that release, whether it's morning, night, whether it's running, walking, talking to God, whatever, whatever time you need. To show that you're balanced. Absolutely. To me, it is a necessity in our lives. As human beings, I don't think we were created to function without the creator. And um, we have to have these intimate moments with him. Some of us call it meditation. Yeah. Um, the non-Christians, I think, have this system where they're set up to meditate. And it's meditating on something. Um, and, and a lot of meditation of the world is created to empty ourselves but as christians we need to fill ourselves and if we don't have a meditation time where we're filling you know offloading but yet still filling because as i say that pillow talk time it's talk it's conversation it's not just an offload it's not just an emptying and getting rid of but it's allowing myself to hear what he's saying to me and it's a filling it's a soothing it's a comforting that's where i get my reassurances my affirmations my decisions are made because i'm hearing what he's saying i'm i'm feeling led to um, move a certain way and i know he's driving me so it's a real connection um, and i really do think we need that as as human beings and of course christians it's something that chris said at church on sunday which is other people are asking for healing and asking for strength. Mm. I think that's very important. Absolutely. We're running for someone to help us heal, but not to strength so we can overcome it ourselves. So um, important. Ongoing. It's very powerful. And that's truth, because I'm a product of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I cannot say that I got healed from my broken heart, but I'm strengthened. So I'm able to put the pieces together. You see, yeah. it's not just looking for someone to help to heal you but for you to be strong enough so you can put the you know yeah. the, the broken pieces together yeah. um one of the things that so i grew up catholic mm -hmm. and i literally remember the day or the week or the year when they allowed um girls to be altar servers big deal right it's yeah. like wow a girl can be an altar server you know and a few of my friends became altar servers and i don't know if you know or see the impact that you're having on young females mm -hmm. by you being up there, by A, being called a pastor, which doesn't happen in a lot of other churches, and B, going up and, and preaching on, on Sundays. A, do you see it? And B, you know, what's that responsibility like? Oh, well, let me talk about the responsibility <laughs> first, because it's a huge responsibility. Um, so... The, the, the weight of it is heavy because it doesn't feel like um, something I am able to carry. Okay. You understand? So first of all, I don't feel able. Um, I wake up every day with this, oh my God, am I supposed to do this? You know, <laughs> why am I here? How did you choose me for this? You mm -hmm. know, um, so I go in for like the way to do it because sometimes I don't feel like I'm qualified. Mm -hmm. um, I must say, I can see where my past has um, helped me and equipped me in 
um, in some technical ways, but not not I, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel like I'm qualified to especially go up there and preach. We were just having this yeah. conversation earlier where I'm still feeling that process out and how to really prepare and then when I go up there what happens. I just have said yes to God. And so every day I carry the weight of making sure I do what he wants me to do. And it's big. Um, do I feel like I'm making an impact? Every time I preach, it blows my mind, Sean, the responses when people message me and what they pour out from what they received yeah. from the message. And it really, really blows my mind because um, I see the dynamic of women and, and men because mm. it's, I, I don't, you know, it's so crazy because men message me as mm. well. Um, but women on a whole, the, di the, the the married, the single, the young, the older. Um, so the dynamic of women and and what they're receiving from me is is overwhelming. Um, and of course, my um, I, I I feel like people gravitate towards me a lot because they feel like I can understand them. I'm very transparent with mm -hmm. my past, where I'm coming from what I've been through and how I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, and I really think that a lot of people gravitate towards me um, because they feel like they can't tell me anything. And it's true, not much surprises me, mm -hmm. which is the only thing I can say my past has somewhat helped me with because I was exposed to a lot. Mm -hmm. Coming from the hospitality industry um, and having to deal with a, a diverse group of people from yeah. all walks of life right and with that came a lot of different situations and circumstances as a hospitality professional that i had to deal with so very little surprises me about a human being yeah <laughs> is that scary um I'm, i feel so used to it okay. so it's not really scary um and then i i, I carry this peace now that I didn't have before okay. so whereas back in the world things would come at me and professionally I'd have to have a professional response and I'd have to deal with it but then at the end of the day I'm just like what in the world <laughs> and you find so many different ways yet you end up having these vices yeah. to deal with it that's so unhealthy and back then my mental health was shot yeah. because yeah. you know my release was not necessarily the most healthy, but now, um, I, it's, it's very little surprises me. Very little. To me, the impact is really important. Um, in the past year or two, I've come to understand that there are a lot of, you know, men who still think that women can't do this or shouldn't do this or in the workplace, men are superior, you know, and, I didn't grow up like that for so many reasons, mm -hmm. right? You know, my first five or six um, bosses were all women, as, as simple as that. So I've never thought that a woman can't do something. And I think that exposure allows people to grow. And so when people, as I said, both men and women see you out there preaching, it is, oh, so a woman can do this. So for the little girl to say that she can aspire to that is also great. And for... The, the man who may not have matured to that space yet to realize that a woman can do this, it may change his point of view. And I think that you doing it, obviously you're not doing it for that reason, 
but it's a spin-off effect that will impact so many people that you'll never meet. Yes. Um, you know what I get a lot as you were talking? Um, just being in the, in, the, in the circle of young people because we're on a college campus um, and we do a lot of, you know, activities and events that um, a lot of young people involve a lot of young people. Um, people usually say, oh, you're a pastor. Um, I guess because of, you know, still, the, 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 I guess the way I dress, okay. um, you know, I'm, I'm wearing my jeans and ripped knees and, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a different look from a traditional type of pastor. Um, so I get a lot from the, from the young women, oh, you're a pastor. And then to have the conversation with them about being here and what my life entails usually get, makes them be like, you know, wow. Um, and I see that it really changes the, the, the perspective of one church and to the relationship of pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Because I realize um, not many people know the importance of having a relationship with a pastor yeah. or having a pastor in your life, being membered to a community, a church body, a family. I don't I don't know. I don't believe a lot of people understand the value and the importance of it and, and how much God wants us to be um, in that, you know. He, he created this body. He says, be membered to my body. And in that you have, you know, pastoral care, apostles, people of um, a, a different vantage point spiritually in your life. It is very, very important. And so when I have young people um, you know, saying, well, can you be my pastor? Um, it's a little different from them saying, can you be my mentor? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like they've grown to have a different appreciation for that. And so for that, I am grateful because I really want to um, let people know the value. If I knew this <laughs> 10 years ago, 15 <laughs> years ago, Sean, my life would have gone a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so... Um, I'm a big advocate of it now and I'm, I'm blessed to be in the position because I can, I feel like I have the opportunity now to reach many, many people who just never knew they could have this relationship. So do you think that the church and not just go for God, but you know, the churches on the whole mm -hmm. do a good job at marketing, mm, right? No. <laughs> because if you think about it, if you are 17 years old, and it is Independence Weekend. Every party, mm -hmm. every liquor company is advertising to you extremely hard, right? Yeah. And is a church doing the same? Is a church trying to outmarket to get people to understand that this is you know the way forward? No, unfortunately, Sean. Um, and saying that from the heart of really, really looking at how we can do better. Um, and we are pretty aggressive, but not aggressive enough. Um, and I don't think so. I think it's a space that the church doesn't see themselves in. Um, there's also the feel of not competing and all of these things, which I don't think is um, valid. I really think we need to become aggressive um, and almost have a takeover 
um, in the social media space, in the marketing, uh, public relations space, it is it is needed um, because I feel if we were out there more um, and and looking at it as a tool of evangelism, because it is the, it is the avenue that people will see used to see us and hear what is happening and become attracted to who you are and what you're doing um, so that you can pull them in. Um, and keep them away <laughs> from yeah. what they're in, you know. So yes, unfortunately, no. I don't think we do enough. Um, and um, our church, Go for God, is really, really looking to be more aggressive, and you know, seeing how we can get help, and looking at um, the experts out there, and trying to make sure that um, we get better, and we get more, more, more relevant more current and in the spaces that are being overwhelmed and occupied by the alcohol companies, the party companies, um, so that we, you know, we have a space there for people to have that option. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know, especially if you're a young growing up, you're going to do what your friends are doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what people think, you know, is cool. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if you turn the TV on and for 23 hours, all you're seeing is party, party, party. And you may see something for church for five minutes. You can't compete. And then guess what? God bless what they're seeing from the church. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like a church chorus play yeah. and people in the dress <laughs> just on the on the stage. Like, why? Why don't guys even watch that? You know? <laughs> and so, yes. So, no, we're not doing a very good job. <laughs> because have you seen some of those church yeah. ads on the, on the television or even in the social media space? Like, yeah. I think as churches, we need to be doing much, much better. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Bishop Morgan um, says is that each generation demands a unique expression of the church. Yeah. And that cannot be more accurate. And Bishop Morgan has been saying this from, you know, his time. Yeah. Um, and so we have grown up with that um, in that DNA where we really believe this, that each generation demands it. Right now, we are looking at the, the reality that church is in the metaverse, that these, um, what you call these goggles? VR goggles. Right, the VR goggles. We need to be on there. There needs to be a go for God church in the VR space, yeah. in that virtual space, because that's where our generation is heading. We cannot sit here and think that the pulpit and the pews in a building is really going to be it for our young people and the yeah. generation that's coming. And that's a very good point. And it is also accessibility because if it is Friday night, I'm feeling lonely and I need something to do. There's no church at that time of the night. And therefore, if church isn't providing some access for me to be able to to have a conversation with God, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to what is being advertised at 10 o'clock of the night, which Absolutely. is everything else. Everything else. Mm. So sad. That's true. That's true. We really need to get better and do it. It's a big part of who we are at Go For God. It's our heart. Um, and we are, we are, we are really lo- looking and having those conversations. Yeah. Um, it's definitely where, where we're at. It's, it's not a place of being closed off. Um, we just need to get the experts, you know, and get the, get persons into make us get there but we're not saying boy no we don't belong um and i do believe that's a 
big part of what's happening is where church is still not seeing themselves in a certain space. Um, and unfortunately, that shouldn't be. So, you know, it, it, it instead of it being a united and, a, um, you know, because all the party people are advertising in a, <laughs> in yes. a space. You get yes. what I'm saying? So can you imagine if all the churches just decided that, hey, we're going to bombard TikTok. Yeah. We're going to bombard Instagram. We're going to bombard these stations and these high weekends. Yeah. Let us have a praise party on dream weekend yeah. in the, on the coast by the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let our speakers get louder than their speakers. Yeah. Let the colors that we are wearing be brighter than their colors, just because we really want to, sh to be visible. You know, um, I think a lot of people are drawn by what they see first um, because the eyes are really big gateways. And so when somebody sees something that's attractive, then they might start listening and then their heart gets to move towards it. Right. But to make someone move or even just look, they have to see you. And so we still can't we can't be here sitting around thinking that you have to be on that pulpit in a jacket and tie kind of thing. Because yeah. is it, it does that does does that person that lying there at ten o'clock at night want to see that? Yeah, is he going to see it actually? Much less to hear, and much less to feel enough to get up and go towards it. So that that to me is a thought. Any marketing expert would tell you that first you have you have that you know people Catch have to attention. right the attention. Um, and I think church we need to do it. We need we really need to make sure that we're doing it. I think traditionally, unfortunately, churches look at technology or change mm -hmm. as of the world. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, okay, all the party people are using flyers. We can't use flyers because it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's what you put on the flyers that makes a difference. Right. You know, the flyer Absolutely. itself, the phone itself, Instagram itself isn't bad. No. It's what you use it for is what makes a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think we need to. Um, and there's also this thought about not competing with the world. Um, and I don't think that's it. You're competing for the soul. Mm -hmm. You really want this. You want to, we should be out there saving souls. Yeah. Um, and you know, a big part of that is letting them see you and knowing where you are, knowing what you're doing, um, and share this good news with them. Yeah. Um, and so we really have to make sure that we are in in demand. We, in you demand. know, <laughs> that's the right word. In demand. That's yeah, right I'm going word. to tell you something too, because we're looking at how people are reacting to the world even these days. A young lady was in church. Um, she came. She heard about church. She visited a month or so ago, and then the other day she came to the sanctuary for the first time. So she'd been watching online. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, online is pretty exciting for us. So a lot of people kind of, is it, they're online, mm -hmm. you know, they see it online, they like what they see. So a lot of people, she's been online for about a month and then she came to the sanctuary for the first time. On the day she came to the sanctuary, she heard an advertisement for baptism. Immediately she got convicted to be baptized, right? And so she was thinking about it. She spoke to her friend about it. She was like, "Yeah, you should be baptized. That's great." But in the in the in the in at the, at the same time, they're preparing for carnival, <laughs> right? Because they're carnival girls, and this is what they know, right? Um, and so, in her whole heart, she's like, "Yeah, after carnival, I'm going to baptize." Mm -hmm. Like, 
Um, and of course, baptism means a, 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 a step, you know, like my life have to change. So let me just finish one last carnival and then I'm done. Right. So anyway, she came to church the following Sunday and she was convicted to be baptized. She signed up the form for baptism. And on the, the Sunday she came back, she heard the date for baptism, which was July 10th, mm -hmm. the day of carnival. Her costume is bought and everything. And she told herself. And in that moment, she said, hmm, you know, like she's convicted to be baptized. And she didn't she didn't realize baptism was going to be mm -hmm. now, um, you know, but she told herself that when she hears a date for baptism, that's when she's going to be baptized. And she got so convicted in church that day and she made the decision. And she went through with it and she said, you know what? I'm only going to carnival because it's tradition. Okay. I'm only going. She's like, I don't really go for me. I just go because it's something that I do every year. I grew up doing it and I'm just going because it's, it's one of those activities right. that's a tradition for her, her family, family, friends, and everybody kind of just does it. So she thought about it really hard and she's like, that's not fulfilling me. And she thought about, you know, so we had this beautiful conversation about baptism. Um, and of course, she's now blown away by the fact that she don't need to do anything. There is no class, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, that her, her pure love and faith in Jesus Christ is all she needs to be baptized. She was just like, yeah, no carnival costume bought all the appointments made for her makeup and yeah. all of that she dropped it and she's like you know i'm going to be baptized on sunday um and she was so happy so happy nice, nice. and so i'm i'm realizing that a lot of persons are just going to these things because it's robotic That's it's what everybody just, else is doing I, right it's what everybody else is doing it's what they kind of just grow up knowing that that's what to do it's the thing to do um and 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 so it's not a very hard takeover and also there is no alternative if somebody if somebody is bored on a friday night right they stay home bored or, or you go to a club or whatever exactly. the case is and if somebody said hey here's this option they can do something else yes that is a bit more constructive that yeah. is a bit spiritually focused and, and it's fun it's, yeah, it's not fun. just like you know boring that if they had a fun yeah. clean healthy uplifting um environment um to be or a podcast or a you know a youtube something yeah. that they can watch and see and be a part of it would be it would be the best thing and i'm saying it's not hard if we get into that space because a lot of persons are out there and it's not because they're so attached to it again it's because there's really nothing else no or options. they just don't know yeah they just don't know so it wouldn't be a hard takeover no it wouldn't interesting mm -hmm. all right so you said that you were in hospitality before what was that like and what do <laughs> you do well yes i left high school and jumped into hospitality okay. um and hospitality starting with the hotels first so I've worked for some really beautiful hospitality chains, um, companies. Um, I've, I've actually only worked with um, um, luxury brands mm -hmm. um, all my life. And so 
um, my 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 development stages because I started working before I went to school, mm-hmm. um, and I, starting at the company that I, I I worked for was to me fundamental training, taught me a whole lot. I really value my experience there, and so the hotels became super exciting for me, and it wasn't difficult for me. I think I. Um, I knew it was my passion. When I was getting ready to go to school my mo- and I wasn't sure what I wanted to study, my mother showed me a drawing that I had done with a, a friend of mine who ended up going to study hospitality as well. We drew a hotel, I think I was at as 11 years old or 12 years old, and she kept it. And when I was you know, deciding what I'm going to study, I was like, yeah. I don't want to go to school, I don't know what I'm going to study, my mother's like, well, you drew this hotel at 11 years old and you said you want to own your own hotel nice. so why not go and study you know hotel management at the time anyway ended up going to school and got into hospitality management which was just a little bit broader um and of course i loved tourism so it wasn't just the hotels i loved tourism but my development in the hotels was phenomenal um i some of my great mentors of professional mentors um are in the, the hospitality chain and um, I studied at Johnson and Wales University, so another institution that was just, uh, you know, one of the premier schools in hospitality. Mm. So I feel like I have a very well-rounded and a very high level of hospitality hotel management training. Um, and when I was leaving the industry, um, it was at a time in my life where. I never expected it. Um, so I got pregnant and it just so happened that that's when my 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 career life in the industry ended. Not that I knew what that was going to happen at okay. the time, but it just ended up happening that way. But um, I would not trade my hotel hospitality background for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, even after I left, this is where most of my hospitality came in. I started to train um so training ab- across the different hospitality entities restaurants spas um and you know getting into a broader field and you know even um got involved in the tourism linkages network and what they they are doing with vision 2030 right. um and so you know hospitality has just been my my life i have a um i have a passion for service um and i love my jamaican product so i love product jamaica even when i was working overseas and working for um the creme de la creme of hotels which is the four seasons um as a jamaican i still maintained my brand jamaica um, because i was the jamaican girl (laughs) you know still offering that level um, and standard of the four seasons, but everyone knew me as a Jamaican girl. And I think it's what made me really good at what I did, did and who I was to that organization, mm-hmm. um, which, um, I, I, I mean, I have a, had a phenomenal time and owe a lot to my development. And then I came back um, to Jamaica just because of visa stuff, you know, as a student and transition right. to working and then all of that ended. But then coming back to Jamaica and going into hotels here was just another um, amazing thing. And working for the beautiful 
um, and luxury brands hair was was just great um, and you know hotel management was just and I've done all areas mm -hmm. so guest services I've done the front of house I have I just haven't done kitchen okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that was my only but my health and safety background mm -hmm. um, for the properties brought me into the kitchen a lot. Okay. Um, I just never cooked. No cooking. Okay. <laughs> no cooking. <laughs> Manage the restaurant. Yeah. I've done the restaurant managing, serve, bus tables, even wash the dishes. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've not cooked. Fair enough. <laughs> so done the rooms, made the beds, cleaned the bathrooms, mm -hmm. walked to the roofs, gone underground. Right. Gone in the pools, gone in the ocean, mm -hmm. and done, um, you know, um, marine environmental mm -hmm. stuff. So, all aspects of the hotel, and I really, really love it. And are you still doing trading? Um, <laughs> right now, no, okay, that's on a little pause, okay, um, currently. Um, but I, 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 I do see myself training again, okay. um. But I, 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 but of course, maybe with a, a, a little difference, um, just in terms of how I bring the content across. Mm -hmm. But yes, I, I do see myself training. I, I love people development mm -hmm. and I love going into a space and letting people understand the importance of excellence and being excellent and being able to be themselves and serve in excellence. So I hope I get back into training <laughs> i hope so too um simply because too many places in jamaica give poor customer service you walk in there and it's like you're begging something and sometimes you're like why do i have to ask to be served yeah. why is the receptionist sitting down on her phone don't even look up at you two times sad and it's it's unfortunate and i mean i'm not taking away from maybe how little they're paid mm -hmm. and what's going on in their personal life. You know, that's that's their reality. Mm -hmm. But it's really unfortunate when you go into somewhere and the experience is just really poor. In every, whether it is food, whether it is um, paying a utility, it's just, it's very difficult. Absolutely. Very difficult. And it's unfortunate because as a people, that's not who we are. Correct. Right? And so my heart um, is about letting people understand who they are and and that nothing should compromise that nothing should compromise who you are um, and who you are naturally is someone that's hospitable yeah. every jamaican yeah. when you go in them house them want to make you comfortable yeah. no matter what the situation is like right um one of the most beautiful things to do is walk um, south side or, you know, to go down into one of our inner city communities. And if you see the family environment of, of these communities and how they are with each other, that's just naturally who they are. Every house shares everything. People yeah. live communal and the, the life is about being pleasant and sharing with people. So it, we don't have an excuse to not be us. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that I think is important as um, leaders of this country is just to keep people um, reminded of who they are. You know, we are the best people when you go abroad. When you go abroad or you, you travel overseas and anywhere, because I heard of um, 
a Jamaican at an Alaskan hotel. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying we're across the globe, yeah. right? When you go over overseas and you meet a Jamaican, they stand out correct, because correct. of their service. And they didn't go into that environment and they were trained to do that. A Jamaican is just naturally like that. And so there is no reason we should be less in our own country, in our own spaces, in what we are doing, right? And I, 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 I just encourage the, the, the organization leaders to keep that reminder on everybody's hearts. Um, and that's just my passion. So that's, that's just the focus of my training. Just keep reminding people who they are um, and not to compromise that you know um and it is actually what will pay off it's not the bit it's not the paycheck at the end of the day what really pays off is the impact that you've made as sean reed Mm -hmm. in your job whether it's packing bad bags pumping the gas opening the door as the security guard whatever it is that you're doing or you could be the ceo of a company because sometimes it really is the head of the company that you really can't stand (laughs) Um, and so it trickles down so if you are the ceo you're the head of an organization it really starts with you and that culture and that vibe will trickle down and you, the responsibility is upon you to keep reminding these people of who they are and what the culture of of this environment is so that they get to express the best of themselves based on what you have seen do you think that companies spend enough time no training people or informing people or just caring about people when it comes to customer service no it's it's not it's not and it's a lot of resources that are not invested you said time but it really it really needs a lot more resources Mm -hmm. right so time is big because time involves a lot um because of course but you really need to spend money um as a as an organization to ensure that you have a great facility for your staff um and time being a big part of that to you know treat them well um so and and it's not just paying them it's what the organization does to make sure that they're comfortable a lot of people are really uncomfortable because they don't have a proper bathroom yeah on a daily basis and they come to work and they just they just really don't have a proper bathroom and it could be just something very simple that is just not healthy for them to have to not have and that makes their day just really bad so a lot you know i know the dynamics of people are really crazy um but i feel if somebody steps into an environment that's set with a certain culture it's going to be very hard for them to stand out and of course if you stand out you gotta go yeah that's just yeah i tell everybody all the time nobody forcing you to be here if you want to be here and this is the culture of this organization and you want it and you want to stay then this is how you have to be yeah yeah but a lot of times it's very hard because they don't have that culture they don't have that vibe they don't have that space and work is daunting and work is heavy and a lot is happening at work emotionally right um it's it's a place that it's a second family you spend some persons are spending more than eight hours a day yep. with their co-workers yep. Yep. with their bosses and so you have to as an as an organization head you have to understand that 
this is like a mini family. It's funny. In the papers, I think it was this week or last week, I saw an organization. It was in the paper as a news article that they just um, installed a room for breastfeeding. Mm. And I thought to myself, on one hand, good, okay, great. But just now, right. like in 2022, <laughs> wow. you're just doing this. And it's weird, as you said, it's the little things, the little that, things. that they can do that will have a huge impact. Mm-hmm. Now, again, imagine you're a female, you're going to work, you want to express and somebody's standing in front of you, say they want something, you're going to be angry yeah. because you can't even go somewhere. Right. And it's, it's those small things that right. I'm sure probably cost a company nothing yeah. to just create a room. Especially if, if your staff compliment demands it. You understand? Right. So that's the thing. It's just looking at who your staff compliment is and what what is the need, what is the dominant need among that team of workers. And it's the little things that can make a difference. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so somebody told me the other day that HR has changed or is changing to what they call dream management. Dream. Dream management. And it's, you know, a typical HR would say, okay, this year we're giving everybody a 5% raise or a 10% raise or whatever the case is. And what studies have shown is that not everybody wants that. Right. Right. So person A may just want to leave every day at 3.30 to go pick up their child. Or person B wants to come in half an hour later. Or person C just wants to have a room to go and breastfeed. Or it's just these small things that instead of spending a large amount of money to give a small increase to a lot of people, you could just find out what does each person want. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody wants to go and buy a car, but they know that if they spend four hours at a bank, they may get fired. Right. They say, okay, I'll help you out. I'll get you, I'll, I will call a, a loan officer yeah. for you and have it sorted for you. Say so that is sitting down and speak to each person mm-hmm. and figure out okay what exactly do you need to make you happy yeah. and doing it that way and Absolutely. i think that it is so effective in yes in the work world but just life in general life find out how are people actually doing speak to them and hopefully you can help them absolutely that is key i love that i look more I look up more into dream that management. whole dream <laughs> management because yes companies do need to help their people yeah. Um, especially now post COVID, um, people getting back up on their feet, they have to be really managing a lot. Yeah. Going back out, um, and what the past two years had demanded them to hold down or, you know, do to survive, going back out, it's taking them a lot. Um, I had to do a little project the other day to hire some persons for a small business and you know when I asked her when she could start um she said she's not working you know but she said to be honest with you I don't have any clothes mm. and I want to say I can start immediately but I will need some time to get some clothes wow. so she has even been hesitant to send out her resume for a very long time because she just really doesn't have the resources to have clothes um you know to be able to jump into a work environment immediately and so something like that we have to kind of be ready to facilitate because there are people out there who want work yeah um but now let me tell you the flip side is true where 
it's very difficult for organizations to find people who really want to work, yeah. right? <laughs> um, so I know that struggle. Um, but when you go through your interview process and you hear people, you listen to people. Um, I also think we really need to do a better job at interviewing people because, you know, we're so mundane at looking at the professional stuff, yeah. but really understanding the background um, and what what is happening with a person gives us a different perspective. And so our work, work the, the pool of persons that we're choosing from, um, we, we probably need to kind of expand it a little bit when we're looking at our qualifications and our requirements, because there are a lot of people who are great workers and can work, but they they might not be as attractive yeah. on on a resume per se. Um, and so this this lady just happened to drop in my lap, um, not from necessarily a professional resume, um, and reaching out to her and talking to her, um, and that attitude, oh, the personality and the attitude, yeah. just over the phone um, and the Zoom, um, made me just want her in the organization. You know, pliable. Um, ready to work, pleasant, and then at the end of the job and at the end of the interview, um, you know, and getting ready to start, she was so excited, but then ended up just be like, oh, maybe I can't start because, yeah. and it's going to take a lot to get closed, right? Because yeah. it's not something she can just easily run out and get. Correct. So, um, yeah, a lot is challenging at this time, and I think as. Um, companies, organizations that are out there providing employment that we really need to look at how we are facilitating our workers. It's interesting you brought up, you know, hiring, you know, hiring practices. I think that I know it's not you know, applicable to every job mm -hmm. and it's probably easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But hiring for attitude versus aptitude is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it Hiring somebody who has a bachelor's or a master's or five six years, whatever the case is, but the wrong attitude can be way more harmful to your company Absolutely. than hiring somebody who really wants a job and they will learn the skill in two to three months. Like they, they really want it. Absolutely. Like they have the mindset to come and start working. And yes, on day one today, to, for month one, they won't know what to do, but they're going to figure it out. Absolutely. They're going to figure it out. And it's, I don't know how, you know, you can distill all of that within mm -hmm. during an interview process, but I'm sure most um, employers or most persons who are doing the hiring process find it very difficult to find someone who is an actual fit for mm -hmm. the company because a resume alone, a LinkedIn profile alone, endorsements alone, that won't do no. it. That won't do it. You know what I love? And I learned this at one of the companies that I used to work for, what we call an extended interview. Um, and I use it now when, if I'm asked to hire persons, so you first get the attitude that I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. So if you pick that up on your interview, um, of course the resume would have to be very attractive or the recommendation or however it gets to you. Right. So persons do need to invest in making sure that their resume says something about them. But, um, the interview process I, I, I think the, uh, the best strategy is to look at the attitude and to ask those questions that provoke a reaction for the attitude, yeah. right? So that you see the, the raised eye, the pull back <laughs> shoulder. So reading the body language and identifying the attitude from get-go is super important. And I think once you pass the attitude 
um, that you require because some people are looking for a security guard that don't want to smile up with people. Right. You need them true, to true, carry a true. gun and walk in a place like zero. So you look, you want to find the attitude that's appropriate for the position and the culture and the environment that you're looking for, right? But once you find that person, um, I like to say, hey, can you come in for an extended interview? You'll get a stipend for the day or the period. Um, and what this process is, is for you to see yourself fitting into the environment and see if you like us, see if you like the environment, the role, um, and and we get to see as well if we like you in the role and how you take on the position. And you put them to shadow a professional mm-hmm. um, and you see and you watch them in the role. Now, if they spend that first day sweating out, needing to get it, mm-hmm. of course, you know, you've, had, you have, mm-hmm. you've found the right yeah. person, especially if they come back and say, yes, this is what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that whole extended interview process where the companies facilitate persons coming in getting integrated a little bit, get, you know, getting to see the environment um, and a taste of what they can do. Now, of course, you can't just bring everybody in and facilitate <laughs> that. So yeah. the screening process will have to be done. But that's a good, good thing to do. I've found that it really works because I've found people who have come in and said, nah, that's not what I really want to do yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and then you have those persons who really come and on that first day, you see their weaknesses already. You see where, you know, what you might need to take on training right. and or you see what investments you'll need to make based on how they're handling the space and, and, um, and the environment. And then you make a decision as an employer. You know, I think that's so important. You know, I did that. I did that a few months ago where somebody invited me to a few meetings. And it's good because... Yes, they were looking at me, obviously, but I was also looking at mm-hmm. them. And when I'm in that meeting room and I'm seeing people starting cussing and shouting and getting angry, I'm just like, maybe this is not where I exactly. really want to be. And it, as I said, even giving someone a stipend because it's way cheaper to give that stipend up front mm-hmm. and figure it, figure out versus on the back end, yeah. where you have to pay them severance, etc. So even from our... Yeah financial point of view it actually makes more sense Absolutely. to take a time up front to go through that process right, because that probation period you're still paying salary mm-hmm. so why take three months to figure out something exactly. when you know you can really figure it out in a day or two yeah exactly 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 mm-hmm. okay so how did you move from so you spoke about working in luxurious hotels mm-hmm. right <laughs> and then training and you no know, pastor how did that transition happen oh so I got pregnant. I mentioned it earlier. Um, and that was a turning point in my life. Turning point. Um, so all of what I dreamt about getting pregnant, you know, um, white picket fence, husband, mm. dog, <laughs> and, um, and child, and still working in this um, field and career that I love. Um, all of that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, 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 the great relationship that I was in just went downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, after, after getting pregnant and just, um, you know, getting to a stage of barefoot and pregnant. I don't know if men, people know that, that, um, yes. 
that phrase nowadays but that's really where my life ended up from this separation um but immediately you see i was raised in a home i was raised in a christian background um and i don't know why i defaulted to a i need god kind of state um but I didn't really get there immediately. I fortunately had a brother-in-law in my life that was a pastor at the time. And I remember um, when I met him and I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how far gone I was from yeah. church and Christ and the world and that, that life um, and how much in the world that I was right. because I thought he was a part of some cult that's taking my sister off to this never land that we're not going to see her again, right? <laughs> That's um, so, of course, I, I, I didn't really have a good relationship with him, but I ended up at this point in my life, and this is probably three years after knowing him. He had been married about three years, and, you know, I'm still getting to know them and him. Um, and one day, out of the blue, I had nobody to be angry with me. I called everybody. Nobody was available. <laughs> and I was in this house and I didn't realize anybody was there. I thought I was on my own. And there, the, the office for the church at the time was in the, a bedroom downstairs. Mm. I thought I was home alone um, and I'm angry. I'm crying. And all I want is somebody to just help me to curse, <laughs> yeah. help me to be more angry. Yeah. Right. That's what I used to thrive on um, during this separation. And I remember just pushing the door. I think I wanted like a tissue or something. Right. And I pushed the door because the bathroom was in there, right? I think I was heading to the bathroom. And then he was in his office. And I was just like, oh, you're not the person to help <laughs> me to argue right now. But he was just like, Charlene, sit, you know, just so eager to talk to me, to have a relationship with me because it was so estranged before. Um, and I remember for the first time sitting before a pastor. Right. And I must say, that's when my life changed. So I vented. I had this, you know, I, you know, poured out everything in all of my agony and all of my um, pain. I poured it out. And I just remember him, him being who he is, our Pastor Chris, on his computer, typing, yeah. looking up at me, mm, you know, nodding or, mm. and while I'm talking, giving me the opportunity to talk and you know i'm there and i'm done but i'm just used to people saying yeah of course that's riding, horrible riding, you riding my thing right and riling me up more yeah. and just getting more angry with me and then i'd be so affirmed that yes this is the wrong thing and you know he's horrible <laughs> and yes charlene you deserve more but he didn't say anything and i'm just like okay so he's like are you finished and i was just like Ugh, you never hear anything i said you don't care and he's like no 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 charlene um, you know, and then he just asked me some simple questions. And the, one of the questions that stood out to me, and it, it's the question that changed my life. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with my mental health. Because I was mentally challenged. Mm. <laughs> I was going through a yeah. big breakdown. And if I continued, Sean, I would not be in my right mind, probably. And so he said to me, Charlene, what are you hearing? What are you listening to? 
And I was just like, what kind of question is this? What <laughs> I'm just telling you what's going on in my life. He says, no, what are you listening to? And um, we dissected that question. He just walked me through it. He's like, all right, so something's going on in your head, right? Because I was like, yes, he said this. He da, 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 he's da. And I was like, and he just said, okay, so you're replaying these things that he said. You're replaying these you know, situations that you were in because, you know, so he's analyzing and breaking down what I'm listening to. Um, you know, my friends that are just rooting me on and riling me up and I'm listening to those things. And then, of course, the soppy love songs that are out there that just <laughs> don't mean anything, right? That just make you ball even more yeah. when you hear them. So all of these things are in my head. And when he made me realize what I'm listening to, what I'm pouring in really changed my life. And he told me this. He says, I'm going to tell your sister to give you five songs that I want you to listen to. And I'm like, great, gospel music. Like, what am I going to do with gospel music? I don't even know how to listen to gospel music. <laughs> so he's like, no, just please do this for me um, and spend some time just listening to these five songs. Play them. Play them at random times when you're going to bed. You know, he just told me, have them playing. And I'm not very technologically savvy. And what my did my sister did was send these things to my phone. Mm -hmm. um, and I had an iPhone at the time, and it was the only music I had on my phone. Okay. And so when I went back home, which is in the country, because I left them and went back home with my parents, um, I didn't want them to hear me cry. And I, I was really bawling a lot. My heart was broken. It was shattered in pieces. Um, I mixed with so many emotions, sadness, loss, pain, anger. Um, so I spent a lot of time crying. And I played this music to buffer the cry when I was Got going you. to my bed yeah. and when I was going to shower. So those were the two times when I was alone. <laughs> Other than that, they're always, they right. were always around right. me. So I had to be composed and try to look normal. But then when I was going to my bed and when I'm going to show, I had these moments. And I spent about two months just playing this music. I cannot say that I listened to them, but I allowed them to play because, again, that's all I really had on my phone um, that I didn't need the internet or data right, for, right? right? So I'm playing these songs and one day I had a beautiful encounter. Um, I was, you know, showering and I thought I was having a nose. I was, I thought I, I, I'm showering and I look down and I see a bunch of blood in the mm -hmm. bath. And of course I thought I was having a miscarriage. Something was going right. on. I'm like, what is happening? I know this is way too early. It wasn't even um, seven months, you know, so it would be, I was, I, I literally in a second felt like I was losing my right. life. Um, so I screamed, but then I noticed that it was my nose that I was bleeding from my nose. So I sat down in the bath, the shower is still running cause I kind of got really lightheaded mm -hmm. and I felt I was gone for a super long time, like a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, Sean, I had a very vivid memory. Um, I went back to being five years old, a little girl, a skinny little five-year-old. Um, and it's Hurricane Gilbert, a big hill, the biggest hurricane mm -hmm. to hit Jamaica at the time. And I'm waiting on my dad to come home. 
And I remember it's pitch black. We hadn't seen him for the whole day. And, you know, it was really messy. We lost connection through the radio. He had left a cell phone thing at home. We couldn't, we, you know, we lost connection power. And it was pitch black and we saw these lights coming up the road. And we knew it was my dad, you know. So I anticipated seeing him coming right. into the house. And he did. He walked in in the dark. I could hardly see him because he's so black. And I remember him just picking me up and hugging me. Yeah. And... At 32 years old and pregnant in my bathtub, I felt those arms, those big arms, as if I was a five-year-old, yeah. hug me. And it was the realest moment of my entire life so far. It was so real. And I remember my mother, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she <laughs> coming in and she to me it felt like I was in that moment forever. But clearly yeah. it was a split second yeah. because she heard my scream and she bursts in now. And I could hear her just playing in the distance. I give myself away. And I knew the song to worship you. And I started to sing. Yeah. And the song said, you know, I give myself away to worship you. And in that moment, I told God, I give myself to him. I, I want that moment again and yeah. again and again and again. And that was eight years ago. And I still pray for that moment. I still am in pursuit of having that moment yeah. again because I know it's real. And I... I, I live my everyday wanting that moment. I'm wanting to make people understand how real he is because I was so assured and so guaranteed of a love that is so big and so strong and so mighty and so dear and near to me, Charlene, you know? And I know it doesn't regard my past and anything that I've done, anywhere that I've come from, um, it doesn't, none of that matters. He just wants me to know who he is in my life. And so I have dedicated my life since then to be all about him and what he wants me to do. Um, and I've, I've just found a passion for people like I did in the hospitality yeah. industry, but it's on such a different level. You know, it's really wanting people to know who he is because, because it's so real to me and it's the best thing. And I know he wants it for you. I know he wants it for everybody. So my life is just about wanting that moment to be shared with everybody. And of course, to just be there and be yeah. with him in eternity because I felt eternity here on earth. I yeah. felt it. So I am convicted and passionate about God. And I've, I've just been led to this moment. I remember in 2018 was when um, I'm training. Um, I'm with a spa and I'm doing stuff that I love. I was with this beautiful spa here in Kingston, offering me so many opportunities um, and, you know, doing um, uh, doing all of that stuff with um, the Jamaica Linkages Network. So I was right in all of what right. I loved doing. Um, and I just felt this heavy call to go into ministry 
Um, and I had a conversation with Pastor Chris, and I ended up having conversation with Bishop Morgan. Had conversations with a couple people, and it just was such a strong pull on my heart. The more conversations I had, the more convicted I felt. Um, and I had a beautiful vision um, of God showing me um, this life, you know. Um, so that vision we'll talk about. But it was just so real and yeah. so convicting that this was the path that I was supposed to take. Though I had the whole other side of my world saying are you crazy like what are you thinking you yeah. have a child and you're not married how are you going to do this and yeah all of that was scary but it really didn't matter so yeah. <laughs> it sounds horrible because people are thinking that i didn't care about my child and all of that but i it, that was so small in my mind compared to what i was feeling the strong pull to do um, and I knew it would all be okay if I did that. Um, so that was really my journey. Um, so I came and started working for the church, um, and in the role of operations, um, for the church, which just meant organizing Sundays, being a part of the people's lives, connecting with everybody, um, and, you know, setting the ministries up to function effectively. Yeah. Um, and it stemmed from me running the ministries to getting ministry leaders, volunteers, working very closely with everyone um, to the place of, hey, you're, you really are functioning very strongly in the lives of people. We believe that you need to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. Now, that was pretty scary. <laughs> it really was. Um, but the mentorship and the guidance and the training made it so easy um and the family that i have around me that really pulled me up into this right. was is just so great you know um so i of course it was very easy to make the transition um and leading up to my ordination the 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 the, the you know the all the lessons all the um ministry that i received to be ordained was super um, powerful it was very transformational so i think my a, a, a huge transformation happened at that point um and taking on this position or um if it's a title uh, as pastor has been um really dynamic you know every day has been a learning day it, it, it no day is the same um no situation is the same Nothing about it is um, uh, necessarily easy. It really is a, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but a role that it's not something you can do on your own. It's not like you're the manager of something and you're going in and, you know, just, like when I was operating the church, right? right. It's, a, it's completely different because there is, we've talked about a weight yeah. on you to make sure that you don't cry when someone comes to you and tells you what's going on or mm. you don't get angry right 
or you know the the emotional stability that you need the heart that you need the way that you have to be postured before god the integrity that you have to have you know so the lifestyle um the the the, the way that you have to live your life all of these things are super super heavy because you you really just literally can't rely on yourself um but what it has done is really put my relationship with God at a different level to the point where now I'm having pillow talk with God um, and having this really close, tight, intimate relationship with him, seeking him constantly to know what to say. I get phone calls at one o'clock in the morning, crying in pain, you know, whether it is to go to the hospital with someone or to just sit up and have that difficult conversation or to go and rescue a young lady from a place she shouldn't have been at that time of the night, you know. Um, so it's it's really being emotionally available, available, physically available, mentally available for um, a wide and diverse um set of needs and people we were doing Oktoberfest last year yeah um and you know that we got an opportunity to go on gospel fm and i'm having this interview and for the first time i was presented with this question and it it it, it brought an awareness to me that i never had before um so pastor charlene how does it feel to be a single mother and a pastor? Mm. What has the, what, it's kind of like, what has the criticisms and feedback been? Right. Been like, and to be honest, I have not had that. So yeah. I, and I've never had to look at myself um, in a light that makes me feel like I'm criticized, yeah. you know? So it really blew me. It, it it really startled me on the interview. And <laughs> yeah. you imagine me, I'm already like nervous about talking. Um, and I get this question. But you know, the Holy Spirit just gave me such beautiful peace. And it really is what happens. I have so many single mothers now that I, you know, I have an opportunity to have in church with me and encourage them, you know, and to see how God has just been super gracious to to them and their life because I've, they've just had great conversations with me. So that has been something really, really overwhelming and beautiful. And then young women, young women who feel like, um, you know, they're struggling with this lifestyle um, and how can they be a Christian and, you know, that sort of thing. Can they really walk the walk? Can they be in church? Um, and just to really be able to be in their lives. It's so I remember <clears throat> my mom saying that. Like where they grew up, where they went to school or they went to church, all their walking distance. And I remember her saying that. In order for them, because there's 11 kids, right? In order for them to take communion on Sunday morning, they had to go to confession during the week, right? Mm-hmm. Can't take communion, right? And it's, it's, there are some roadblocks that we've put out there. Again, transparent, 
don't know the Bible back to front. So I don't know if it's in the Bible or not. But there are roadblocks out there that have been implemented that prohibit people from seeking God mm -hmm. because of what they believe society will say. Mm -hmm. So if you are pregnant and not married, you go to hell. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you, sad. If you go for communion and you never confess, you're going to hell. So sad. And there's so many things that prohibit people. So going back to what Bishop said about every um, generation demands a unique expression right. of the church right and to be honest i'm a, i'm a i am a victim of that mm -hmm. um and what that is is um you know church has um over the years had tradition um and their unique culture mm -hmm. right so setting up your organization um and having a certain set of traditional stuff um or or just particular things to your organization um over time has just become doctrine Correct. for some um and and unfortunately people have adapted that over the years to 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 be something that um they they, they that is truth and that is and that is the way yeah right because of how um etched in the 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 church doctrine um societal church doctrine yeah. right which unfortunately is not every church that's like that because again it's not biblical it's more cultural or traditional right so god says jesus says do this in remembrance of me for communion he did not put a contingent there is no contingent in the Bible of taking communion. However, it is upon you to really know that because he did this for your sin and for your forgiveness, it would be upon you taking it. If you're taking it in truth, that you make a decision yeah. to not be in contention with anybody. Right. To not be malicing anybody. To not have unforgiveness in your heart. But make a conscious decision that because I have a savior that I'm partaking in his death and resurrection with. That my life needs to change and yeah. I need to get rid of this. Right. So that's what a church now does with the people mm -hmm. who have come in um, to take communion. So, you know, we, we, we really try our best to edify people on the truth of God um, and how he wants us to live the same with baptism um i'm i'm a victim of that my the church that i grew up in at 15 years old i really wanted to be baptized i was so in love with god and i really wanted to be baptized but i remember i had to take a class and it just so happened that the church was in a certain part of um the area that i lived in um so I, you know Mandeville and Christiano. So it's just a little um, distance. Um, and my father would prefer that he or my mother drove me and that I didn't take public transportation. These are just, this is just how I grew up, right? right? And my father was like, you can make the class on a weekend for me because you can't come in the week at the time. And I remember it being something like, no, this is not the world where you can just get away or you know, pay off or get special curry favor <laughs> kind of thing. You know, in other words, do the class yeah. when it is the class time. And of course, for that, I couldn't make the classes. So I did not get baptized at 15. 
Um, and needless to say, my life just went downhill. I rebelled. The church was not what I wanted right. anymore after that. And so I didn't get baptized until I was 33 mm-hmm. after I had my baby. And after I realized that I am free <laughs> and Jesus died for me. He and he rose again from the dead, and I I believe that I'm convicted, and I believe that, and he says now be baptized. In that faith, yeah, as an order, as an ordinance, Jesus came. Jesus had no sin, so if there was anybody, if we're going to look at baptism as sin, if there was anybody not to be baptized, it would be Jesus. Yeah, even John, his cousin, said, "I shouldn't be baptizing you." You should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, because of what I'm going to fulfill, I need to be baptized. God says so. So as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, we should be baptized once we have faith. It's not about your life and what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with, what your sin is. Because your faith says he has died for those sins. Mm -hmm. Now you be baptized and then move towards the life he's calling you to, just like Jesus did. Jesus, after he was baptized, went into the worst time of his life immediately after that. He went into the mountain to be um, tempted by the enemy. And so the same thing happens to us. After we're baptized, that is when stuff come after you, but you're surrounded, you know, and Jesus had to walk towards his purpose, which was to stay sanctified, to stay holy, to stay consecrated. He couldn't be sin. He he was that unmarked lamb mm-hmm. that was shed for us. So he had to remain pure. And that fight in the wilderness, it's because he was marked. He was marked in the faith of what he had to do, that God told him that I believe is what made him get through yeah. that 40 days, 40 um, days yeah. in the wilderness, um, being tempted. And so if we understand that, and if we have that faith, we run in that water. We run towards it, be baptized and push towards um, living the life that God has called us to live. Yeah. You know, and, and not be caught up with whether you're ready or it's the right time or oh, let me deal with are saying. exactly or do you have to do a class and let the church tell you if you pass the class you get what i'm saying it's like <laughs> we make the, the the we make the, the we make the gospel so so um set apart you know inaccessible sometimes. unaccessible kind of right which is which is so to me not not healthy yeah yeah earlier I spoke about the music right and that um you know chris had given you five talks listen to and i think that that is so important you know sometimes we don't realize the impact something has on us Mm -hmm. right whether it is music whether it is friends whether it is family Mm -hmm. and so you're even speaking about the fact that you know you're looking for that friend to help you Mm -hmm. get upset help you get angry and sometimes we are so unaware of the fact that if we surround ourselves with people who are not encouraging us in the right direction, it inevitably will pull us down as well or, or cloud our judgment. Right. If we are listening to a particular type of music, as you said, you are consciously listening to it, but it was happening in the background. Absolutely. And so if you are driving to work or going anywhere and 
if you're driving to work and you listen to music that is very angry, yeah. right? It's going to impact you. You may Absolutely. not think it is, but it's going to change your, your mental state. And it, it shows the importance of surrounding yourself with healthy things, influence. Healthy influences, that's the right word. Absolutely, because these are our gates. Yeah. The ears, and I'm talking about the eyes earlier, but the ears are big, right? What you hear, actually, um, scripture says that our faith is strengthened by hearing. So we have to, uh, the, the power of hearing is important. So we have to be filling ourselves and constantly putting ourselves in um, an environment that causes us to be strengthened with the word or, or with um, um uh, you know, worship and worship is the word because a lot of worship and gospel music is from scripture. So it's so important that we fill ourselves. These, these gates are what let things in, Yeah. you know? Um, and so we have to be, we have to be nourishing ourselves. This is how we feed ourselves. Um, when we read the words, when we see them and when we listen, um, you know, listen to the word, whether through music or spoken right. word or conversation, yeah. people that you're interacting with and talking to. Um, we have to be very selective and intentional. It is so important for our health. Yeah. And I think to Sean, this is what helps my mental health because I'm, I'm around it constantly. So it's, I really don't have necessarily the opportunity to go cuckoo because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so um, connected to my conversations daily, um, the way that I am plugged into God and his word. It really, really nourishes me, keeps me strengthened. You know, a lot bothers me. My personal life, I have a lot going on that tugs at my heart a whole mm. lot. But I have learned the power of the Holy Spirit um, and this armor of the breastplate that he has given me mm -hmm. um, of righteousness and what that means, you know, guarding my heart with Christ because the breastplate of righteousness is Christ's character um, and who he is and allowing my heart to be just wrapped up in that as opposed to be pulled to the negative things that are happening. Um, and, you know, the emotions that can flow out of that, it really defaults to being in the hands of Christ. So the Holy Spirit is super powerful in our lives um, and just a necessity, you know, to the way we live and our livity, you know, because we're getting by a lot of us are living and we're just, but the, the quality of our lives. Yeah, we're just existing. Right. You know, could be so much more if we understand the power of wrapping up ourselves um, in his in, in, in his presence, whether through listening to music, the word, or the people that we're around constantly. Yeah, you know, so the reason I always start with the mental health question is that we're not coming to be speaking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, earlier you spoke about the fact that you really didn't want to talk to Chris or you didn't want your parents to hear yeah. that you're crying. And all of us are going through so much. Yeah. And we're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid to let people know what we're going, yes. what's going on in our lives or in our hearts. Do you think that's natural? Do you think that's that's naturally how we are, or society has kind of told us that you must keep things private? Um, it, it's hard for me to say natural because I think we were made to be in connection okay. with God. 
that's just me. I think we, if we're looking at Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they, we, they, we were created to be in connection with God. But what happens is we tend to want to isolate and go off. So it's, it's a, um, a part of us has that, you know, the sin exists. The, 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 the things that pull us away exist. And so when we fall into things like that, we naturally drift away from our natural existence, which is to be in connection um, and relationship and in the presence of God. So just like Adam and Eve, we get separated from that. And I think, um, unfortunately, um, society capitalizes on that where we have music being made out of that state that we we draw to for comfort mm. um, and we move into. So when, when people go off by themselves because they don't want anybody to listen to them, I mean, to talk to them or be, be, be open to have people see what's happening in their lives, they literally go into listening to these music. And they're like, oh, she understands me because she's singing about it, you know. And a man is angry and he wants to just shoot someone. He goes and he listens to the music that's saying, you know, he's shooting people. Um, So we we, we have, unfortunately, a, a, a world that has capitalized on the pull away from our natural state. And so, yes, we default a whole lot. Um. And our heart, the Bible says to guard our heart because everything from it, from it, um, every, um, everything that flows from it is deceptive. So guard it, right? This is why if we understand the power of guarding our heart in Christ and putting it in him, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill it as opposed to emptying it out on a relationship or your finances or, you know, a lot of the things that our heart is caught up in if we allow our emotions to run off of those things we are going to be deceived and drawn into a space that messes us up mentally emotionally and worse spiritually yeah so it's super important again for us to guard these gates right that our ears our eyes what we hear what we see and that eventually helps us to protect what we say um, remember that song, watch your eyes, watch your eyes, yeah. what they see, watch your ears, watch your ears. It's so important. And I teach my, my daughter that what, what your hands are involved in, yeah. watch where your feet go. Because, um, a, Chris, a, a young lady asked me the other day, she's like, you know, Pastor Shar, um, how do I stay away from my friends? Now that I've, I've decided mm. to be a part of church. Um, and this is a, a 22 year old, you know? Um, going into college um, and she has these group of friends she's found that that life is not for her Um, and she's made the decision to come into Christ and she says Pastor Shar how do I do that can I still go to these parties and I say you know what Um, just let me tell you what this does (laughs) Um, going there there's a lot of influence that you might not necessarily be aware of Right. So, for example, um, and this literally happened, she went out just to be with her friends, just to, you know, vibe with them because she don't want to be um, uh, what's the word now? Ridiculed kind of. They're saying, well, why you change? You know, you're not cool anymore. And we love you and we want you to hang out with us. But 
you, you know, all of these things. So she goes and she's not drinking and they're like, just have one drink. It's nothing. Yeah. And you used to drink. So why are you not drinking anymore? And she doesn't realize that that one drink can end up leading to more if she has one because she's not yet at, at a place to understand yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I'm conscious of that happening to you if you go into that space. Other things that can happen is she sees something that's mm. attractive to her. If she wasn't in that space, she probably wouldn't be. But it, it becomes so seductive in the moment. And she leaves, let's say nothing even happens. But because she was there, she saw it. She goes back home and she it feeds her it. mind, right? She keeps thinking about it. So the little innocent thing... Mm -hmm. So you could go out and think, I'm not doing anything. But then your gates are open. Yeah. You're seeing things. And then you're hearing this music. Everybody, now a slow song, come on. And everybody hug up and right. dancing. Right? And this one guy is like, well, you're not hugging up. I'm not hugging up. Let's hug up together. Yeah. And you're like, all right, one <laughs> dance. Not going, to have, yeah. what, not going to do anything. And it's going to be all so innocent. But then him just hold you the right way. You know? And again, nothing happened. But. You went home thinking right. about it. And so we have to just be careful. Um, can Christians um, go out? Yes, Christians can go out, especially if you are at a place where, you know, um, people know who you are, who you are and what you're about. Like when I go out now, people hardly curse around me. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, Charlene is here. Let's, you know, hold my tongue or they won't get drunk around me because they're very conscious, you know, if they have invited me and if I'm in their space, that they kind of have to behave a certain way. But you know what, that, that shows as well, the power of having, the power of influence. Yeah. Because let's just say that by you being in their presence, they won't drink as much or curse as much. Just by you being there, they will change their behaviors. Yeah, yeah. And it shows how powerful it is just to be in the right um, situation and the right company. Yeah. Because you can end up impacting so many people by just your presence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And being firm, yeah. you know. But it takes, it takes being strengthened. Right. Because you have to be strong and people have to know who you are. You can't, um, be, a, you can't be a private Christian. Right. No, 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 no. And unfortunately, you're going to have to stay away from people. Um, it, the initial stages of your journey can be lonely, mm -hmm. I must say. I lost a lot of my really good friends right. making this transition because I got the comments. What What is going on with you? You're mad. You've gone into this thing, you know, you're giving away your life, you're throwing away your life. These are some of the things I heard. Or, you know, boy, you, you just cut me off. Why are you not my friend? And it really tugs on your heart because you don't want to, you don't want to not speak to them. But you really just can't have the conversations that you used to have anymore. You know, as you go through your transformation and as you're trying to soak up truth and God's word, wanting to learn God's voice, some voices are really going to be distraction. And it's nothing about them. Correct. It really is about you and where you are. And I believe wholeheartedly, if you stay steadfast and you take the season to get to a place in Christ, you will be able to talk to your friends again. I always tell people God is a God of restoring and he loves to restore or or restore us and i i am a I'm, a I'm i'm evidence of being able to now have my friends and be able to be around people but you know when i'm around them they're just respectful 
of me. And I love that. I love when my friends say, oh, when they slip and they say something and they, they said they're not supposed to say it, you know? And I love that they're cautious and conscious because I'm there. And I think ultimately most people, quote unquote, know the right and wrong. But they're, as as a previous example, they're used to doing the wrong thing. They're used to going to Absolutely. carnival. They're used to doing all of that. And so therefore, even though they may laugh at your jerio at the start of it, if you know you're, you're serious about this journey, mm-hmm. they're, they're probably okay with it. Some of them may be like, well, I wish I could do that one day, but it's mm-hmm. not right now mm-hmm. because it's having too much fun right now. Right, right, right. Uh, but also too is what god does to you (laughs) if you if what is evident is who god is in you when you stay steadfast and you take the journey what people see is the difference yeah yeah (laughs) so you automatically start looking a little healthier than that (laughs) you automatically start you know you sound differently Mm -hmm. your posture changes um and you really start to look like somebody that they're like wow (laughs) you know so whether they like it or not whether they believe in it or not the beauty of god the glory of god what comes out of you the way you shine it's inexplicable Mm -hmm. and it's not something that necessarily needs explaining sorry inexplicable is not the word it's it's so obvious Mm -hmm. um and it, it can't be anything but good put it that way so people get a chance to say, wow, God is really good, yeah, actually, yeah. you know, just by seeing you. <laughs> and that's my, that's one of the things that, that has marveled me. We're looking at this Marvel <laughs> series, but it really has been um, something so true in my life where people can't doubt it. Once you have gone through that transformation and living it, because guess what? The joy of God is so evident the joy and it's so real it's so potent it's so authentic that it cannot it's not questioned you know so they know that you're on this journey and that you take your time you separate you consecrate you go into your your season of transformation and and that's just going to a deep place with god when you are at a place in him and let's say use, use the word quote unquote come out mm-hmm. and you are you know in him in purpose doing what you're supposed to do nobody can doubt that or yeah. question it it's so evident yeah this joy um and the peace that you carry um that it's attractive and they see it and guess what people respect it because it's the power of god yeah I, they know it's nothing I have done. <laughs> they know it's nothing I yeah. have done. And it marvels them because how am I here and I'm not smoking mm. or I'm not drinking? Right. How am I this high? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not high and I'm not high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They're like, did she smoke last night? No. <laughs> so how is she like this? And they see the evidence yeah. of a new life. Yes. And I call it a new life because um, it, that's what it is. And so you get to exist. And, and, and I think the goal for God is that we, we, we spread that. You know, we have to be the light in the darkness. And unfortunately, um, so many Christians have felt like they have had to hide that light. 
um, and they cannot go out into their environments being the new, renewed, transformed, sanctified Christian that they are. And I also think that if they did it, if they went out, they would realize that it was all in their head. Exactly. It was all in their head. Exactly. No, it's not, it's not, um, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> right. So if they walk out and guess what? Uh, the, the flip side though, <laughs> the enemy fears God. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately what might happen, some people might really not like it. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. So, and I think it's, it, you get to a place of recognizing yeah. that it's not you, you know, <laughs> it really isn't you, but there, there is the power of God. And one of the things that I know the enemy does is fear God. I remember this beautiful story of Jesus walking, um, and the, the demons are there. And as Jesus gets closer, they're like freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. why are you coming to us leave us alone leave us alone you know um so the enemy doesn't like god and they fear him they're scared of him because his power is so potent and he has dominion over them and so you know when if the if that, that enemy recognizes that you're not necessarily walking in the authority but you are covered under the blood of christ they'll try to provoke you they'll try, try tear to you tear you down and or they'll just leave, you know, especially if they know the, the power. So I, I've seen it and I know that, you know, there is some shaking that happens when you're in a room or when you're around some persons and, you know, you start to get those. So what's your Christ like? What is mm -hmm. your God like? And what is this? And you hear these questions in such a condescending or provoking way. Right. Um Oh, well, you're the pastor, pray, you know, and make it happen. You know, those kind of things. And and then you really realize, uh, I understand what's happening now. Yeah. So, yes, you're going to you're going to get some of those. But your 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 friends, people that you care about, they will grow to respecting it, especially if they see this beautiful joy that's on the inside of you. I think my other or my only other thing is. Anytime is the right time. Mm. Don't wait because you don't know what tomorrow holds. Exactly. And so if you have the opportunity to go on the right path today. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Oh, Sean. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. We are not guaranteed for tomorrow. And if it's five minutes that you have, make the decision now. Yeah. Because it's such a beautiful life. Yeah. It's such a beautiful life, Sean, to know that you have a savior you're saved so all this worry about oh i'm going to die or the fear of death it is uh, and i said that because that's i think that's the ultimate um the, the ultimate thing where people are fearing death even though let me tell you the fear of not being popular probably always fear of death right um if you feel like you're not in a certain space yeah. doing certain things and not you know accepted by, people. accepted by a certain status quo that that probably always death at this point because i, I, I big rushes towards that um and, I, I, and unfortunately a lot of people think christians are 
the uncool or the pulled away or not recognized in certain spheres, um, which is such a lie. Um, but if, if you can understand that what Christ offers us, um, the purity of life and the quality of life to be able to live in his awesome power, if, 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 if if we could just understand how much that outweighs what the world demands of us to do and to be, um, it would be so, it would be so great. And I, I'm an advocate for that. If you could give yourself any advice from to your twenty or thirty year old self, Oof. or <laughs> or advice to young people, younger people, mm-hmm. right? What would you give them or give yourself? The best relationship you can have is Christ, and put that relationship first. So, I, one of the things that I think we struggle with is relationships, relationships of all kinds, yeah. right? So some um some of us struggle with our parental relationships um which probably ends up stemming into spiraling and having many challenges with other types of relationships um and or some of us come from healthy um homes with great relationships with our parents but yet still we struggle with you know the the, the different types of relationships that are taxing or bosses or um, boyfriend, male, female relationships, you know, um, the, the relationships around our sexuality and our intimacy, um, the, 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 the relationships within the spheres of academia or professionally. So many different relationships that we have on a daily basis that I think pulls us, which is what was happening to me in my 20s, right? Mm. I struggled with the different relationships. Um, And the the one thing that I could advise myself back then is that the, the relationship that I need the most is one with Christ. And the same way I pursue a relationship with the boys that I did, the men that I did, um, it's, I've found out now it's the same way that I pursue Christ. Same way. Send him a message. Mm-hmm. Hey God, <laughs> you know, just have a notepad on your phone. Yeah. You want to talk, you want to send a message and you just listen. He answers and because he really wants to have a relationship with you. Yeah. You set up dates, you go and you meet with him. You set up times in your day where you're like meeting with him. Um, you're spending, you, you know, your time listening to what he's saying you you're singing and dancing with him um at different times and i i it's the same way we pursue our natural relationships um so it's just as easy and i would just encourage everyone to try that <laughs> try that relationship and make it first over that relationship with your parents mother father over the relationship with your children over the relationship with a uh, 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 love interest mm-hmm. um, th- uh, those are key right over the relationship with your bosses or your teachers or your co-workers or your student or your uh, fellow students fellow classmates. classmates over every relationship that you have to have on a um, daily basis or in your life if you can just pursue the relationship with Christ and make it first Make it first. I like that. I think it would be a major difference to who we are 
and how we handle our other relationships. Yeah. Um, so you're currently Pastor Charlene. What's next for you? Mm, what's next? <laughs> oh my God. Um, so I think I have a desire to build church. Um, it's a desire slash vision. So I feel like I see myself being a big influence in the development and the building of church. Um, and I see that coming through speaking, but also setting up structures, um, church, to be church, mm -hmm. um, you know, different facilities, um, and, and being a big part of, of developing church. Don't know how much more to say in that, but that's what I think is next <laughs> for Charlene. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God has laid his church heavily on my heart. Um, and my last message, which was, you know, um, being all in, um, I feel is such a, a daunting thing to us out there in the world. Um, and this is coming again from, you know, you've heard a little bit of my past, how, how the world makes it very attractive to be out there. Um, but being us being all in and us recognizing that church is not the building. It's not the pastors. It's not, um, the, 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 the order of serve of a service that you come into on a particular day, but that God has really set his temple in you. You are the temple of Christ, right? He, he, when he hung on that cross for us, the temple broke the physical structure temple. And he said he would rise again in three days. Um, and when he did, um, you know, he, he made us recognize that he now lives in us. And he said, I'm going to send greater than me and he's going to be in you. And I believe that's when he made us the church, us his temple. And we have a huge responsibility to reach the ends of the earth. Um, individually as Sean, you know, as Karen, as Mikey, as Sharon, as Marsha, like each person has their responsibility to be the church. And I just want, again, that individually we understand our purpose in Christ and that we are living it and reaching the ends of the earth from the highest of influences. Yeah. You know, I want Christians to be the prime minister and the presidents of nations. I want Christians to take over the entertainment industry. I want us to take over the airwaves, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and have these conversations over the airwaves, media. I believe that's where the church needs to be. Um, and so I, I really pray that my next has me very influential in being a big part of that development. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, 
check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better.